Welcome to FirstMen.Church, your on-demand worship community, ready for you whenever and wherever you are. If you'd like to tune in to the full worship experience, find our services on our website, FirstMen.Church, and connect with us to get plugged into our community. And now, our pastor, Ethan Lumen. I was flying to a uh, conference in college. Uh, it, was, it was in Texas. It was about uh, how to how to be the church on mission, how to go out and, and share witness with the world. And it was one of the first times that I had ever flown. And I remember it was such a, a gray, rainy, cold November day in Wisconsin. And, and we took off and we got through the clouds. And I was, I was just shocked because up above the clouds, there was no sign of the, of the rain and the fog and the nasty grossness. It was like there was a sunrise happening above the clouds. And I was so struck in that moment. I, uh, I actually wrote a poem because that's what, you know, college guys do. You got to get good at writing poetry. And, uh, and one of the lines that I wrote is, why look at dirt when you can stare into space? Why look at yourself when the sun is on your face? And, and to me, it signified so much more than just some clouds looming over the earth. But, but for us as humans, we, we have these limitations and these, these clouds which hang over us, which can affect so much of our perspective and, and, and how we go about living our lives. We can be misguided by our own selfish views and missing huge portions of what's really going on in our lives and in our world because we're not seeing above the clouds. You know, the church itself has a pretty bad rap as uh, an institution that's full of uh, corruption and and hypocrisy and and, and judgment. It's just this this bad institution. People look at it through this lens of, uh, what, power and oppression. But I really believe so much uh, of, of how we are uh, living and, and seeing things in our world today is, is based on the wrong viewpoint. It's like we're looking up and seeing these rain clouds, but really what's going on is a, is a sunrise. The church exists for transformation. The church exists for transformation. Romans chapter 12 is trying to impress upon these Christians 2,000 years ago what it means to be the church then and also Today and, and, and Paul says, I appeal to you by the mercy of God, because God loves you and has called you into his family, brothers and sisters. He says, um, renew your mind. As he goes there in Romans chapter 12, he says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. What does that mean to present your bodies as a living sacrifice? Well, what that means is that God is more interested in us than stuff. We often hear about sacrifices as money or, or, uh, or things we own. You look at the Old Testament, they sacrificed animals, possessions. But throughout the Old Testament, we hear to obey is better than sacrifice. Right? So God is seeking our lives to be the sacrifice, the, the life of worship. He's saying when we offer ourselves to God, when we bring forth our bodies for renewal, that is well, that is the act of worship that God is looking for. And that 
radically reorients us as we think about worship, right? Because think, worship is not uh, merely going to an hour service on Sunday. It's not just turning on your, um, your favorite streaming station or, or putting earbuds in your ears. Worship is a way of life. Worship is, is living as a renewed self in the world, living a sanctified and sacrificial life. And then he goes to this, this powerful line. He says, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And that word conformed, it, uh, it comes from the, the same root as scheme. Okay, don't, don't be schemed along with what's going on in this time period, this age, uh, what our conceptions and misconceptions are about what it means to be human. And really, it's so easy to build our conceptions of church and community and life off of the ways of the present time, right? Like, worship is what happens in a building, right? We have these frameworks of conservative and liberal and and contemporary and traditional. And and so many of the ways we think are, are controlled by the patterns which we've inherited from the time in which we're born. You know, go back to that renewal of the mind and, and spend a moment thinking about how, how God totally reorients our minds. Paul is saying, pull yourselves out of the, of the day and age in which you are and see that you have actually transformation available to you in Christ. He says, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Then you'll be able to know the will of God. You'll be able to know the good and perfect and accessible will of God. You know, what if... What if Satan is just trying to keep us trapped and bound in in our minds and in our conceptions of what the church is by by getting us to engage in these debates about conservative or or liberal and and traditional and contemporary and all these titles and labels that we want to put on everything. Jesus says something very interesting in Matthew 16. He says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. You know, I've always thought, like, why the gates? What about like the armies of hell or, or like something that's actually going to attack you? Like gates don't attack, right? But then it hit me, gates are boundaries, right? Gates are borders. And, and I think what Jesus is trying to tell his people, like the limits and the patterns and the schemes that are being foisted upon God's people and upon this world, they will not prevail against God's church because we have the power of transformation, the power of renewal in Christ. Jesus came to destroy sin, death, and the devil. And in doing so, he's lifted us into a new place, right? He's, he's separated us from all of those limits. And God is challenging us to be transformed by the renewal of our minds so that we can actually see differently, that we can understand with more depth of insight. We have more available to us as Christians who who can uh, know the will of God. We should be able to see more clearly than the world. We, we shouldn't be getting so worked up, so anxious, so bothered, because we can see that there's a God who is good and loving above it all. And that God who's good and loving, he loves us. And he's working all things together for the good. The church stands outside the schemes of the world. But the question then becomes, how do we as the church renew our minds? How do we renew our minds? Well, 
Paul goes into that in the very next part of Romans 12. And the first thing he says is, live in humility. We talked about that in renewal of the soul, how, how humility is, is the chief virtue. But part of that means that as we renew our mind, we have to think properly about ourselves. We can properly conceive of ourselves and our communities and God himself. So it's not just our minds really, but, but that, that renewal of mind, it transforms our, our relationships. Our bodies are already being presented. So we see this holistic picture that God is trying to create renewal, not just individually, not just in our families, but, but in the church. He's trying to renew the world itself. So he talks about being able to think properly, seeing yourself properly, seeing the community properly. And the first thing that he notes about seeing the community properly in verse 4, he says, in one body we have many members. The members don't have all the same function. But we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. What Paul is saying is that in the church, we have a connection that spans race and class and socioeconomic status and nationality, all things. We are connected in Christ. We're together. We're the members of the body of Jesus. And the body of Jesus has undergone crucifixion and death and resurrection. It stands at the right hand of God the Father, and he's saying, we are one with that body if we can just see the renewal that God is already working in us through Christ. So we recognize that we're one member with all the bodies, of, with all the members of Christ. Then the next thing he says, though, is, hey, we all have gifts. They're all different, you know, just like your hand doesn't serve the same function as your eye, right? And your leg doesn't serve, this, serve the same function as your stomach. We all have gifts to be used. And as we look at the church, right, we can easily look at our lives and say, well, I got nothing to contribute to society. Like, what good am I? I got no place to fit in. Or maybe we think, well, society has no place for me. But whatever the case, in the body of Christ, everyone has a purpose. Everyone has a a way to contribute and and be involved and and engaged. The church is a place where everyone fits. Where everyone has an opportunity to serve. And we celebrate our unity with God and with one another. And over all these things, right, over our uh, over our humility, over all of our giftings, Paul then concludes this section by talking about how we need to love genuinely. Interestingly enough, he says, hey, let love be unhypocritical. Don't be hypocrites. <laughs> the very charge the world lays at the church today is like, don't do it. Don't dive into that. Don't give in to the pressures of hypocrisy, right? Let your love be genuine and hold fast to what is good, love one another. Just, just spend some time in that list if you're, if you're looking for what it means to specifically love. The problem with the church is that we're, we get so distracted. We like, we like major in the minors. We, we like to focus on things that aren't of the utmost importance. And I, and I believe Satan is, is working to distract us so that we, we miss the moment. That we miss what God is looking to do in our lives and in our times and with our gifts and with our talents and with our communities. These, these distractions, they keep the church from living out the, the, the mission of Christ. They, they keep Christians from renewal and they ultimately keep others outside of the church. It can make mean Christians, right? <laughs> we can make people who are like, more. it's more important to be right than to be like 
Christ. But we know, as the church, renewing ourselves means loving one another. The church is creating people that are ready to live, not merely ready to die. And we want to see the reality of Christ in his body, the church. You know, I was, uh, I was reading an article in the New York Times, and it was, it was talking about uh, the socioeconomic status of people and how you can start to maybe elevate uh, others' socioeconomic status. And this is what it said. It says, social scientists have made it a priority in recent years to understand upward mobility. So they're using tax records and other data to study which factors increase the chances that children who grow up in poverty will be able to escape it as adults. So I'm reading this article, which is really interesting to think about and, and process. And, and it's a very important thing, you know, how, how people can be financially stable in the world and, and have a good starting place. And as I'm reading this, I'm like, what they're trying to do is, is what they're trying to do is create the church, but in the world. So I'm like, they want to help people uh, get connected with people in different socioeconomic statuses. They're like, there's nowhere in the world that's happening. But then, then they say this line as I'm reading. It says, churches and other religious organizations may have some lessons to teach other parts of society. Although many churches are socioeconomically homogenous, those with diversity tend to foster more cross-class interactions than almost all other social activities. He says churches have lower levels of what the researchers call socioeconomic friending bias. He says youth sports, by contrast, have become more segregated. Yeah, and as I was reading this, it's like, duh, the church is the perfect place for people to find the proper community, for people to find health and life. But the reality is that well, it's way too small of a view, right? We in the church, we're not so caught up in like, well, does everyone have enough money? Does everyone have a transformed life? Right? And along the way, as we seek transformation in the lives of people and in communities, what happens is people are lifted out of the, the schemes of the world. They're lifted out of, of poverty. They're lifted out of, of abuse. They're lifted out of the, the crappy situations which flood our world. Because God is working transformation in this world, in the church. And what God is beginning in the church, he's bringing into all the world. The church is the place of renewal. It's the location of transformation. The church is not merely about information. The church is, is not about conformation, getting you to live a, a certain way in your life. No, the church isn't even about separation, removing ourselves from the world. The, the church is about transformation. Everyone has something to offer. Everyone has a place in the family of Christ. Everyone has gifts. You know, just yesterday I was, I was at a retirement community and I got to hang out with about 20 uh, older uh, people, all, all Christians um, who feel disconnected from community. You know, they can't get to church. Uh, they can't see all their family like they'd like to do. But, but they, as we met together, they were the church of God in that place. They are the church and they have gifts to offer to you and to me. And no matter where you are or what you're doing, you have gifts to offer other people. You have a place in the body of Christ. So 
get yourself to church, right? There's a group of people worshiping Jesus, living out their faith. That's what we all need. A place to not only serve, but be served. Not only love, but, but be loved. To be in a community of love that first starts in God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit himself. And I can tell you what, the church is not perfect. You aren't perfect. No one in the church is perfect. And I can't promise that you're going to find some perfect people, but I can promise you that as you come into the church, your life will be transformed. What God has begun in the church, he's bringing to the world. And friends, we as Christians, we can, we can see the sunrise even as the world looks up at gray and cloudy skies. We can see renewal coming. God is bringing it to the world and he's bringing it through you. Be renewed. Be transformed. Be the church. Thanks for listening to firstmen.church. Connect with us whenever and wherever you are. Just search firstmen.church on all your social platforms or head to our website firstmen.church for more ways to connect and serve. Thanks and catch you next time.